Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Talkville. We are back. It seems like forever ago that we were back, but you would know that because it's a weekly thing. Was, but like Ryan was gone, Bryce filled in. Uh, I've been to Ecuador. Ryan, uh, Tom Talk was in to Ecuador. Ecuador. Did, uh, did you wear your Panama hat in Ecuador? They, uh, you know what? I was gifted a bunch of them, and I and I enjoy those hats. So I was very happy to receive those gifts. Anyone out there? Thank you very much. I don't get it. Huh? That's where the Panama hat was invented in Ecuador. Oh. It was part of my trivia yeah. night. Look, I just wanted to share some knowledge. I'm just trying to share. No, what here's happened was- Here's a trivia was... question. Yeah. Tom, here's yeah. a trivia question for all you guys. Besides, uh, Ryan can't answer it. Okay. What is the hottest planet? The hottest? I want to say Mars, but it's probably the one closest to the sun. That Well, you'd think. You'd think it was Mercury, which is closest to the sun, but it's not. It's Venus. Venus. Some people knew that. Because huh. it's gas, gaseous. Gaseous. What, what two planets- mm. Rain diamonds. What? Supposedly, they oh boy, like diamonds. That's I think. Oh, Sa- um, Saturn and Uranus. Uranus and Neptune. Hmm. Boy, I bet there's a bunch of people who can't wait to get there. Yeah. All right, <laughs> we're doing this three watch podcast. We are going back, way back. We watch all these episodes. We talk about them with you. You guys call in. Blah blah blah. We love doing it. And uh, a big shout out to all the patrons who make this possible. If you don't know what patron is, patreon.com slash talkville. And um, when you join, you really help the show and you keep it going. And without you, we, we couldn't do it. So we can Ryan, does this look weird? Guys like, does this look weird? Oh, good. Tom, should it be this way? No, it should be from behind. I don't know. Bryce? No, turn it straight. Straight. <laughs> no, not from behind. Straight. There you go. Tom's adjusting himself it's his i'm uh, back in i'm back in my office for four, it's the last time in four Tom's months back in his office anyway yeah. patreon.com slash talkville um there's a lot of perks and um we hope you'll support us uh socials talkville podcast on facebook instagram youtube and tiktok talkville pod on the twitter uh write a review we love the the conversations that happen and um I like I like when people get really involved and, and and especially when they ask questions that you know you know they watch the episode you know they're intrigued a lot of the times you guys know more than we do we're not going to sit here and pontificate and sort of think we know everything about uh, Smallville because we don't this fans probably know a lot more especially since you've watched it so many times um, and if you didn't get a chance to call on the hotline it's two one three Jet Cute so call in leave brief messages we'll get to you eventually i'm sure uh give yourself a leeway of an episode or two like call don't call it when it's too late because these things have to be edited and all that and the talkville podcast.com tons of cool merch those damn who's that have flown off the shelf uh and there's tons of other great stuff that's just crazy i can't believe merch is do does so well uh it's a lot of fun because there's a lot of fun stuff and i think that you guys are all about fun um I can't wait to get into this episode, uh, primarily because it it's my storyline. Uh, 
<laughs> it's a rarity. But no, no. And Patrick Bergen's in it. Yeah. Well, it was just, uh, you know, we'll get into it. Without further ado, let's get into season three, episode eight. This is Shattered. You know, you weren't wrong, though, real quick, because what, what, what starts in this episode and carries on in the next one is Clark. I'm sorry. Lex isn't just doing what he normally does is, you know, trying to figure out Clark. He's he's literally on his own trip. Yeah. It's fun to watch. And we're thinking, all right, what's going on? What's happening to him? Who's doing this? Is it his own on his own accord? Is he, you know, I, I, I didn't even remember. I had no idea. I was like, what's going on exactly? And so by the time we got to Asylum and we kind of got through that, I was like, oh, oh, shit. Some things are going on here. Uh, by the way, Ryan, as we know, he said it was gone. He, he did a camping trip with his dad. Yeah, it was really nice. That was beautiful. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Tom, would you ever go on a camping trip with your dad? Oh, yeah. How, how, when did you, did you ever do that? Trick question. <laughs> no, never. I've never done a father-son activity ever in my life, except when my dad would visit or something. Occasionally. Eat your but steak. Never. That's what I always eat, think about eat when you eat your dad. Eat your steak. It was Denny's. Denny's. Was it Denny's? Denny's, you Denny's. said, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Denny's. Eat your steak. At least I got a steak. Uh, title was Shattered. Aired November 19, 2003, director Ken Biller. Writers, Ken Biller. Ken wrote five episodes, directed four. This is the only one he did both on. Guest star Patrick Bergen is Morgan Edge. I don't know if you remember him, but he was in a movie with Julia Roberts called Sleeping with the Enemy. On set, I remember when he showed up, I was like really intimidated, and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. Nice. He's a big guy. So nice. He was a big guy playing a bad character, and I, I could remember that movie, and just he's could be so intimidating now yeah yeah um lorena gale as claire foster she died recently she's been in a ton of stuff tons of stuff yeah. uh she was very serious i remember working with her she was fun but not fun she was just kind of like very professional did her job i tried to make her laugh i'd mess around and she, i think she was just like oh this guy but that's how i roll man so God well, I mean, she probably she probably called Michael Ironside before she came to the show, and he oh, told her all about you. Michael Ironside, Michael. <laughs> Quezzy Amya as Darius. I'm sorry if I messed up. Queezy? That can't be Queezy. It's probably Quezzy, Quezzy Amya as Darius. <laughs> Darius, I love that guy. I do remember working with him. He just was really fun. I remember him laughing a lot and just kind of enjoying the set, and um, he was fun to work with. Michael Benyar as Jameson. And, hey, Michael Dangerfield is a security guard. All right, how are you? How are you, Michael Dangerfield? Hey, you were great in the show. Synopsis, Lex's paranoia reaches a boiling point as he fights to uncover the truth behind his grandparents' mysterious death and his father's involvement. Clark tries to help his friend get a hold of reality by uncovering who is drugging him, but ends up hurting the ones he loves by getting them involved yeah this was this this got dark there's some dark stuff and i like when smallville gets dark i don't like the fun loving next on the cw beautiful people bullshit situations i like when we <laughs> you know i like when it's kind of uh grounded or a little just goes on the darker side you guys all caught up on a bpbs what's that the beautiful people bullshit situations oh the bpbs yeah. bpbs yeah the bpbs 
Oh, next week's episode's gonna be so good. Next week on an all new CW Smallville. Lana's hot. <laughs> this episode opens with a somewhat familiar face as we see Morgan Edge removing bandages after getting plastic surgery to change his appearance. The new reveal is interrupted by Lex, who shares his unbiased take on how society cares too much about looks. It's kind of funny. Did you guys catch it all, Patrick Bergen trying to match? The former actors yes, sort of cadence. I did. Yeah I, yeah, I thought it was cool. I noticed that. I uh, Lex goes on to push Morgan for the truth about what happened back in the day with his grandparents' strange death and his involvement with Lionel. Uh, was this done because Rudger Hauer wouldn't or couldn't return, obviously, Bryce? Um, yeah, for some reason he couldn't, or maybe it was too expensive or something, but he fit in perfectly. Uh, he said something. There was one line he says. It was one word. And the way he delivered it was so great. It was in the teaser. What it was it? He was like, my nose was something. He said one word, and I was like, it was gripping. It was just like such a great delivery. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it was. The night in his office, that night in his office, Lex is reviewing footage of Morgan Edge's confession to the uh, to insurance fraud. As Lex goes to store the footage in a safe, we see an assassin sneak in through the ceiling, <laughs> take aim, miss the shot, Instead, he takes out Lex's security, then fires 10 more unsuccessful shots. Lex breaks away. What? So, worst assassin ever. Worst. I mean, this isn't a marksman. I mean, that red dot, he's like, ugh, let me get the red dot over on the Lex. Yeah, not such a marksman. He come from the other side behind him. And then, what I really missed from this episode was the scene where Lex gets all his security guards together and just is like, what the hell are you guys doing? What is the deal with security? It was more like Richard Marksman. <laughs> Richard? Like, like Groucho Marksman? No, Richard Marksman, like yeah. the singer. Yeah, like the Instead singer. of a marksman, it was yeah. Richard Marksman, the singer. He was a hazard. I, I thought it would have been, I thought it <laughs> hey! been cooler. <laughs> what? I thought it would have been cooler if as Lex shut the safe, you were a little tighter over his shoulder, and Lex like caught the reflection off of like yeah. a vase or something, and then caught it his own. That red dot was, I was just like, come on. It was still effective. It didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. But uh, yeah, I was wondering why he was just kept missing. It was like, you know, maybe it's like dark. Maybe it's like he's got this thing. Maybe there's all these things in the in the yeah. mansion. I don't know. But Lex couldn't get killed. Lex breaks away, knocks down the assassin, leaps through his stained glass window, make an escape. I thought that was cool. I wasn't expecting to jump out a window. Yeah. And then limp off into the woods. Well, he still misses me, <laughs> Richard Marksman. It re, uh, it reminded me of the wolf from a couple of episodes ago. Remember the girl who could ch- turn into a wolf oh, and yeah. jump through a window? Yeah. Interesting. This is the same window that Chloe falls through in Kinetic. However, when she falls, she gets hospitalized oh. while Lex is able to park her out of it. Parker? <laughs> Parkour? 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 Parkour. Oh. I don't know that word. I thought it was you know, Parker Lewis can't you lose. Know, parkour, like the that sort of like... Like get out of something? No, like when you when you jump on street things in an interesting way. That was a terrible way to describe oh, it. You know is I mean? that what it's called? Parkour? Yeah. I don't think it's called that. Well, there's park like you, you run up on there's like something some, it's called else it's called. Well, there's parkour. That might be the thing. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm wrong. I, I don't know things that others do. <laughs> the next day, Clark finds Lex stowing away in his barn, afraid of the repeated attempts of his life. Uh, on his life, Lex shares his suspicions of Lionel, reveals that Morgan Edge is alive, and asks Clark to keep him hidden. 
Clark goes back to Lex's office to retrieve the footage. However, he finds the safe empty and Lex's office completely untouched. Clark talks to another security guard who is Dangerfield. How are you? <laughs> He's lying. It's the only. It's only when Clark uses X-ray vision to see a shard of stained glass that Lex's story starts lining up. I thought that was cool. Otherwise, you'd think, you know, what's going on here? Um, and boy, does Lex hold on to that shard. <laughs> it's like, don't you see? It's a shard of glass. <laughs> I'm innocent. <laughs> it's like, dude, <laughs> I sharded it in my pants. <laughs> Clark returns to share the news with Lex, who is still hesitant on getting anyone else involved in case this corruption goes all the way to the top. So instead, they decide to corroborate their story with none other than Chloe Sullivan. <laughs> yes. Clark picks it. I noticed that. It's really Clark and Lex as the main characters throughout these next couple episodes. And, you know, you kind of see Pete here and there and Allison. Lana has a little bit of a, of a part. Um, and uh, Erica Durant. Well, a lot of her stuff yet. is pretty isolated, especially in the next episode. Her stuff's pretty isolated away from Clark. A lot of Lex's stuff is isolated away from Clark. Yeah. Clark picks up Chloe, returns with her to the barn, concerned that she may be in trouble too. However, when they get there, they find Lionel Luther meeting his parents with parent his parents asking the whereabouts of Lex. There's a moment here. It's so short, and if anybody has time, go back and look. When Lex is looking out of the barn through the little break in the in the wall, and you see the group shot of all of us, you'll see Allison break into laughter, and and literally because she's laughing, she turns and puts her head on my shoulder. But I'm watching. I'm like. I rewound it a couple of times. I'm like, she's she's cracking up right there. Really? I don't know so what, I don't they remember. used the take. They used it, but she literally goes, it's from behind her shoulder and she laughs and puts her head on my shoulder and she's laughing. I it looks like Annette said something that just made her laugh. I don't know. It's really funny. Huh. That's really funny. Lionel tells Clark about Lex's psychotic break and his delusions. By the way, I was watching and I left the room, but I could hear the show. And I noticed. I just watched it again. Jonathan, John's trying not to laugh. Uh, uh, John Glover's trying not to laugh. The only one who's not laughing is Annette. I don't know what happened, but we're all cracking up in that shot. Sorry, I got a kick out of it. No, I like that. But I noticed that I could, every time Lionel's talking to Lex, he always says, Lex, son. <laughs> He always says Lex and then son. Hmm. <laughs> it's it, it just listen more. Like in those episodes, I noticed it and I started going, he's going to say Lex, son. <laughs> like they go together. Um, I was trying to remind him, maybe trying to appeal to his <laughs> little sympathy he has. Maybe. Yeah. The game. Talkville is brought to you by Good Chop. If you haven't heard us talk about this, uh, this this is unbelievable. This is an unbelievable company. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on schedule. I cooked some of these steaks, and it was the best meat I've had, and I'm not... I want, I'm going to name drop, but I, went, I won't name drop. I went to my friend Skeet's house, and we barbecued, and I put these on the grill, and I don't know what it was, but Good Chop 
completely sold me. Uh, you can choose from over 70 high-quality cuts, 100% grass-fed ribeyes, USDA prime filet mignon, free-range and organic chicken breast, pork tenderloin, thick-cut bacon. Uh, they also have wild-caught seafood, salmon, Pacific cod, scallop, shrimp, and more. Tom, have you had this? No, this is good stuff, guys. Um, I've had it all, and I want more. I mean, that's the easiest way to be safe. Yeah, it's. Uh, I really am. When I get these boxes, I get so excited because I know I'm going to be fed for the week. And what's great is it doesn't cost a fortune for this great. You could have quality meats. Uh, Good Chops price per meal starts at just $3.74. And unlike a lot of companies, Tom, Good Chops sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries, so you can support local family farms and independent ranchers right here in the U.S. The products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want, just like I do. Good Shop especially prides itself on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. No artificial ingredients, only the good stuff. And, you know, they're so they're so confident in this product, as am I and Tom here, uh, that they offer 100% money-back guarantee here. So love Good Shop or get your money back. This stuff's the real deal. If you want delicious meats or seafood, this is the place. Good Shop. Go to goodchop.com slash talkville120 and use code talkville120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code at talkville120 at goodchop.com slash talkville120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash talkville120 code talkville120. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, a lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Dot com slash Talkville. Lionel tells Clark and about Lex's psychotic break uh, and the delusions he's creating. He pleads for Clark to return Lex to get the help he needs. After doing this, Clark returns to the loft to find Lex mumbling a mockingbird nursery rhyme and rocking a blanket who he thinks is Julian. Creepy. This was a little odd. I thought he was doing a like a bit. Yeah, I thought he was like, oh, I heard my dad say something about a psychotic break. I'll show them a psychotic break. Oh, I, I thought that's what was going that on. That would have been cool. But, it, was but pl- it wasn't ironic. Is that what it was? Yeah, uh-huh. it was it was serious. Uh-huh. But you know what? I think it would have been more effective if when Lex is looking through the hole, he hears something like a baby crying. Maybe I missed it before because the, the next scene he's holding the baby. That's why I thought it was fake. I thought he was he like, sh- he heard it. And then he's like, I'm you should have heard a baby sound. They should have put a baby like crying in the background. And then that gets Lex away from the peephole. 
to go wherever he's going. You're like, what was um, that? Was that a baby? That would have been much more effective, and they didn't do that, and I don't know why. Um, realizing that Lex has lost it, Clark goes to share what's going on with this. By the way, I didn't know the Mockingbird song entirely, so I had to like, and if that Mockingbird don't, what the fuck is it? Diamond ring. All right. I knew the diamond ring. Part. The, it actually went on longer than I thought. You sang like two verses. Yeah, I was like, heard come before. on, man, enough. I, I couldn't believe so they this, went on that long. This next scene with uh, Jonathan and Martha in front of the Kent house. Did anyone else notice the astroturf that surrounds the Kent, the front of the Kent house? No. It's like blatantly obvious. You're noticing like all these little like things long, that we didn't notice. I was really, I was really, I watched this You're on a plane. Immersed. So I had no distraction. You're yeah. immersed in flaw. <laughs> Realizing Lex has lost it, Clark goes to share what's going on with his parents before figuring out what to do. Jonathan gets upset that Clark is hiding more secrets. As they discuss the possibility of Morgan Edge actually being alive, Lex walks into the conversation. Lex's paranoia reaches an all-time high as he learns that nobody believes anymore, him anymore, so he's determined to find Morgan Edge to prove he's not crazy. I like when I go, oh, little Kent Cabal. <laughs> yeah. I, rem- I, I, I kind of remember that day I think I remember you saying cabal and I remember being like, what is that? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> and like somebody had to tell you're like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm just saying it. I mean, you know, I'm not adept so much. And I mean, I can <laughs> throw out some big words here and there, but there's some words I don't know, like porker, porker, parkour, parkour. parkour. <laughs> I know what it is. Now they yeah. jump from building to building without yeah. any kind of suspension or like yeah. harness or whatever. And they yeah. just, yeah, I hate that. In one <laughs> breath, his parents are concerned about Morgan being alive because they know Clark's secret. And immediately after, they're okay with Clark going to find Morgan. I guess it's really really shows how little they trust Lex here. Clark and Lex return to the warehouse earlier in the episode. However, instead of finding a recovering Morgan Edge, they stumble into a sweatshop of sorts. Right in the middle of Kansas, Lex is unable to let it go and starts getting into <laughs> into it with one of the workers. Clark has to pull him away before he takes a sewing machine to the guy's hand. Right in the middle of Kansas. Yeah, I don't know what it was doing there, but maybe it was on the outsorts, outside near Metropolis. Metropolis. Maybe it wasn't quite in Kansas. Maybe it was, you know, it was kind of like this underground thing. I don't know, but I thought it was really cool. And I like the, yeah. the sound of the fan. I like the, 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 the sound design. Um, I remember it just being like all these people are looking at me and they have no idea the context or the subtext or anything mm-hmm. that's going on. And I'm cra- I'm acting like kind of crazy and looking kind of like weird. And I kind of liked it. I kind of liked just being a little crazy. It was kind of fun. Um, once you're in the zone, uh, it, it's, it's, you got to find it. Sometimes it takes a while to find it, which I'll get there. Um, so things really start to unravel when Clark and Lex return to Luther. I, I remember, by the way, yelling at the Asian guy more, like really screaming at him, like grabbing his hand, going, tell me what, tell me why I did, like going nuts on him. Huh. I remember. Do you remember that? Do you at all? Do you remember I, me just kind of going nuts? I don't. I, I mean, I just remember that. I mean, it looks like you went kind of nuts, but it was. It was still contained. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing it right now, though. The idea that you're going to get his hand in there and stuff. Things really start to unravel when Clark and Lex return to Luther Mansion to find more evidence proving he is not crazy. While there, Lex's security guard, Darius, enters the room. This is the tipping point. Lex goes to have a drink, and his psychiatrist walks in, provoking his hysteria even more and explaining away the broken hallway window. 
This scene was all a one I believe, was it not? The camera was all over the place but looked like one shot. That is a typical Beeman move where the camera moves, kind of one person goes into another. I think what they wanted to create was a sense of uh, disorientation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so by having Lex kind of go here and then going here and him looking and then going back, and it creates that sense of Lex kind of going a little haywire or whatever. It was uh, it was cool. It was cool, and that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to keep, they wanted the the camera work to be frenetic, I guess, and just seem a little bit uh, all around like Lex's mind. As the psychiatrist tries to get Lex to take a sedative and go to the hospital, he pulls the pistol from Darius, his waist, and starts waving it around the room, fearful of being put away. That night, for the first time in the episode, we see Lana. Clark decides to get her involved in all of this and ask her to bring food for Lex. Lana asks why he waited so long to get her involved, and Clark says he didn't want to get her mixed up in this, so he decides to get her mixed up in this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Bryce. Bryce really knows how to. Good one, Bryce. Bryce is funny. Bryce should do some writing for television. (laughs) Clark leaves Lana alone and goes to meet Chloe so he can run tests on the sedative to see if he's actually being drugged and while doing so. Well, he leaves Lana with Lex. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the cool the cool takeaway from this is Lex's line, "I'll tell you everything," and then and we'll get into that in the next episode with Ian Summerhausen as well. Summerholder, where Summerhausen, oh, Summerholder, sorry, even <laughs> even Summerhausen. You know, I was I did a taffy but, the other night, and we were watching Sisu, which I loved, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I saw that." And I was talking about something. And I go, "Yeah, what was that movie with Ket Bacon Sales?" <laughs> and they're like, "What?" Kit Bacon Sales, I think I called her. Kit Bacon Sales. <laughs> Old Kit Bacon Sales. Lay off the weed, folks. Just uh, Chloe shares that this isn't the first time Lex was exhibited bizarro, has exhibited bizarro behavior. I like the word bizarro since it's part of the um, uh, nomen- Sup- Superman lore. Nomenclature. Mm. By the way, real quick. To finish my thought, it's it's Lana being told by two different guys in two different episodes that they'll that they'll be honest with her and finally tell them tell her everything, and then the, the other thing was like when she broke her leg, it looked really bad. Didn't it look really yeah, bad? Yeah, I thought like yeah, it was pretty rough. <laughs> it was kind of comical though. It was like it was like some horror movie. Her leg was like the Wicked Witch of the West under the oh, house. Yeah. It was a little too much. It was a lot. It was. I did. I did not like that scene. You can go ahead and cross that off my favorite scene. Yeah, I don't. I know you don't like this. Though. <laughs> uh, Lana tries giving Lex some chamomile tea. He believes she's trying to drug him, so he throws her into a horse stall and then escapes out of the barn. And as Lana tries to get out of the stall, we see her brutally trampled, and that was brutal. They could have gone more. Lana gets put under a, at Smallville Medical while Clark and Lionel discuss Lex outside a room. Lionel has had enough of his charade and berates well, Clark for not listening to him sooner. So another thing was when that Lex, a fun scene to uh, shoot with Glover? Was the emotional blow up on the page blow up on the page a surprise when he performed it? I uh, I don't recall. I don't recall. Hmm. I just I was I also when 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 Lex hijacks the truck. And there's a shot of the gun in the back. The way that you like kind of touched it, I was like, that was weird. Wait, which one? Like, I don't know why. There's a truck in the that when Lex escapes, he hijacks a truck. He throws the guy into the ditch. Yeah. And he gets in and there's a there's a, a rifle there. And the way you go to touch it was just kind of like comical. Like, I don't know why they just didn't have you like grab it and put it in your lap. Like, 
you just kind of like touched it. I, you know, I think the choice was I'm still, I'm kind of a little crazy. And I was just like, that might come in handy. I don't need to grab it. Like, done. okay, let's, let's go do this. All, all, also, now, yeah, never mind. Chloe shows up at the hospital and tells Clark that the sedative is actually just a sedative. Instead of accepting that this his traumatic experiences have caused a mental break, Clark and Chloe believe someone has been drugging Lex all along, so Clark rushes back to Luther Manor, Mansion and strong-arms Darius into admitting that they have been slipping things into Lex's scotch. See? Those bastards. I wonder if we ever see Darius again. Like, I wonder if he got fired for this. I wonder. I don't know, but I liked him. Back in Luther headquarters, Lionel returns to the office to find his deranged son holding two firearms and drifting more and more out of reality. Lionel tries to assure Lex that he didn't kill his grandparents. Lex starts waving around his gun more, um, talking about Julian's crying and yells at his father to tell him where Morgan Edge is. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. I'll tell you what. This was one of my favorite scenes. And it was very difficult to find it because you want to be crazy, but you don't want to go too balls out. And he's like thinking and this and that. And like, you know, there's all these moments that I remember circling, trying to get, okay, you're going to just be a really upset, emotional. And then here you're going to flip out on him and then you're believing him, but then you decide you're not. So all these things. And I remember really get exhausting. Like this scene probably took four hours, three hours, and it felt like a whole day's work. It was just, and then we'll get the whole thing yeah. on Oprah. And, you know, it's just like trying to, I just remember it was really, really intense. And John just being there, just like watching me. And at the end going. Is this, is this the scene that you, you've talked about before where he, he said, are you listening to me? Is that this no. scene? No, okay. that was in like end of season two with the tornadoes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a really good scene. I'd written down that you were going full Nick Cage in this scene. In what epi- In what show? In, in, no, in this in this scene. Oh, I went full Nick Cage. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was, it was hard, man. And you know, you're in front of the whole cast and crew, and <laughs> you've just gotta. And Tom, you know, I've seen you do it. At first, you're kind of finding it, finding it. And it's a little like there's a party that's a little embarrassed in a way, like me, <laughs> until I really fi- find it. And then I'm like, boom, fuck you. Yeah. Now, I'm, now I'm I'm prepared. And yeah. I don't prepare for these things other than learning my lines. I find that on the day. I'm going to find that on the day. The level, the loudness, the intensity. You have to let them give you takes. 
to find it. No. You're not just going to do it on take one. Um, it's just not going to. I mean, I, I, it doesn't happen for me. I, I recently did a scene on a show, um, Winchester. I guess it was last year, Winchester's. And there's a scene where my character, you know, has a similar situation where he's he's letting it all out. And I I did something which I I learned on Smallville in some of these scenes where you go, I go to the director, we have our discussion whenever, and there's a point where I go, hey, can I just talk to you for a second? And I say to them, I go, listen, I just need to know that if I'm just not doing it right or I'm not, just come in and tell me because I can't be thinking about that. You know what I mean? And usually once the director will come in and be like, I see what you're doing, blah, 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 and helps kind of focus you. Mm -hmm. And that also, because I have that conversation, allows me to let go of trying to watch it yeah. as I'm doing it. Yeah. And so that's helpful to me. That's just a little thing you that know, I do. You one thing that bothered me, I will tell you, I remember specifically, they wouldn't let me point the gun at Lionel's face. They wanted wow. me to point it down at his chest. The CW didn't want any gun Man. facing the face. And that, to me, took away some of the intensity because who would do that? I don't know. I, to me, in my mind, I want to be like, F you, I'm going to shoot your face off. And I wanted Man. to do that. And they kept saying, no, lower the gun, lower the gun. I do remember <laughs> that. Clark returns to the stables, takes out the same assassin from earlier. He finds out where the guy he hired him is so he can uncover what is going on. In his hideout, we see Morgan Edge enjoying peace and quiet until Lex shows up. Takes out the security guards, holds Morgan at gunpoint. Morgan said it was his idea to kill Lex. However, Lionel wouldn't do it and instead tried to make Lex look crazy. Morgan reveals everything to Lex and tries to get him on his side to take down Lionel. Lex refuses and aims his pistol. Clark then super speeds in, disarming Lex. However, he immediately becomes weak as Morgan is carrying around kryptonite rosary beads. And because Clark knows Morgan, Lex believes Clark is in on it too. Lex shoots Morgan and has his sights set on Clark. Lex looks outside, notices that Morgan has escaped. He hears his car and rushes outside. As Morgan drives toward him, Lex fires several bullets through the windshield, killing him. Before the car can run through Lex, Clark pushes him out of the way, crushes the sedan against his body. Lex looks on, we're completely shocked, realizing he's been right about Clark all along. Now, let me tell you something. This is probably my favorite moment, because I'm pretty damn critical, but it was my favorite moment of my character or maybe my performance on the entire show. It's the look I give the car and then back to Clark, which was absolutely insanity. Like, I, I, for some reason, I captured a lightning in a bottle where I looked at <laughs> it and I go, wow, you looked crazy. You look absolutely surprised. Like, oh, my God. Like, this, you're right all along. At the same time, how did he do that? And crazy all in one. And I was just like, that's awesome, dude. Good job. That was like the first it, time it, this year. It was really good. And and having been on set as as you have, you I know that you're not actually watching Clark do it. I know. It's probably me standing off camera just pushing my hands or something. Or you know uh, yeah. what I mean? Like you But you know, I remember my friend Roger McDonald, who's a dear friend of mine who's my uh roommate in college, he calls me up when that scene happened. I remember it. And he goes, Hey man, I just want to tell you, man, that that scene where you see Clark do that with the car, man, that was incredible. He That's cool. A long way, man. That's cool. I mean, he called me. He never calls me. I didn't even know he watched the show, but he did. Doctor Foster shows up to take Lex away. Whose ramblings about Clark destroying the car just sound more like craziness. Back in Smallville Medical, Lana is awake. She talks about being. 
around Clark. It's too dangerous despite her knowing that he is really looking out for her. The episode ends at the Bell Reef Sanitarium as it is received its newest patient, Lex Luthor. Lionel shows up to check on his son, ensuring that their plan to wipe his short-term memory is still intact. We see Lex disheveled in a straitjacket as we get played out to hurt by Johnny Cash. Really quick, Bryce got me this as a funny gift because he knows I hated the straitjacket. <laughs> this is a fake straitjacket. Thank you, Bryce. Put it on. You're really Put funny, it on. Bryce. You know, you knew I had such a hard time, and I'm sure that will be charged to the show. Uh, <laughs> um. This was awesome. The fact that they got that song, the scene with me and Lionel, where he looks emotional, what he's doing, but he's a bastard. You're like, what? That's crazier than Lex. And how effed up I look. It's just so, like, that was so intense and sad. And I really love the way it was shot. I really, and, and back and forth with Lana and Clark, that whole thing was just beautiful. Uh, I really, really was impressed with this episode. So I wanted to. So they strapped you in that straitjacket, right? Yeah, like they did. Yeah. So in a in a down the road, I have an episode where I'm in a straitjacket. Do you know I? They didn't strap me in. I'm sure they wanted to. Make it was vel it was Velcro. Uh, maybe maybe at one so point if they got I the could Velcro, actually break it. They learned from me. That's probably what happened. Yeah. They go, okay, this wasn't yeah. working. But <laughs> it was a straitjacket. It was. I couldn't get out of that. I couldn't get out of it. And 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 Steve would run in. I got you. I got you. And I go, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He knew I was claustrophobic. And um, overall, man, I thought that was so far away from the Smallville we know that to me, it was just exciting. It was like watching a streamer in a way. It was, there was some really great stuff in there. And, um, uh, Ian season holder. Um, we saw him. Um, he looks so young. Beautiful eyes. Sorry, Ian. We do like you. Oh, we haven't seen him yet? Oh. No, he's in the next he's one. The next I've known one. Ian since I was 19. All right. Well, sorry for mentioning that. Interesting things to know. The worker at the factory. Let me go. You're crazy. I have no idea what you're talking about. Go away. In Cantonese, when Lex threatens him. Huh? Hmm. Figured that's what he said. Let me go. You're crazy. I have no idea what you're talking about. Go away in Cantonese. Hmm. Belle Reeve in the comics is a maximum security prison in Louisiana for supervillains. Yeah. And funny enough, as you, as you watch some of the DC even films and other TV shows, they all use Belle Reeve. Yep. It's pretty cool. Lionel calls Clark Sancho Panza, who is the companion to the titular, titular character in Don Quixote in which Quixote goes on a delusional adventure fueled by his own imagination. All right. Now it's time for a very special guest or guests. I'm very excited about this. They've been on before, but they have so much insight and we enjoy figuring things out with them or figuring things out by the things they say. Um, <laughs> it's always a real treat and uh, they're always welcome here. You know them as the creators of Smallville and Wednesday and other things. But I only care about Smallville. Al Goff, Miles Miller. Mm -hmm. 
If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So Al, <laughs> Miles, the episode is shattered. Thank you for joining us again. You've come on a few times. We want you to continue for the rest of the series. This is a blast. There's so many people Thank out you. there who continue to watch, who continue to listen, who, who've seen Smallville over and over, and now watching it again since this repeat rewatch podcast. And uh, you both look great, by the way. Very, very uh, well, astute. Who do you guys? Thank you. <laughs> I also, real quick, I want to say uh, a co- just a few weeks ago, I was driving home from the airport and I have this thing because it's always late at night. And I do this thing where I listen to Michael's podcast because it, keeps me awake and entertained. And you guys were on and you talked about a lot about Wednesday. And I thought my take, it was so nice to hear you guys' voices, but the insight that you had about how you worked, you know, with the director and how you got the show going was really cool to hear because people don't get to hear those, like, how did we do it moments. So I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. So what do you remember? Did you guys get, even get a chance to watch Shattered or is it something you, you did? Alex? Yeah. yeah, no, it's what's been great about doing the podcast is actually going back and watching these episodes that frankly, I completely forgot about in terms of yeah. like, I, I was so involved in the beats and the surprises and the twists and turns of yeah. that episode. It was like, I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was like, you know, when Lana breaks her leg, it's just like, Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, I a horse. Horror I like, movie. Wow. That, Ryan did not like that. Ryan was like, I that's did just, not care for that. He did not care, did for, not that. care no, for that. I didn't either. I was like, I can't believe we did that. Some of that stuff. And it's, it moves so so many twists and turns. I mean, so much happens. Yeah, yeah, I look. I always gravitate towards things that are darker. I love horror, and um, I, I like this episode because I mean, not only because it's Lex centric, but it's also it's just intense. Well, maybe a little, maybe a maybe little, bit. a little, maybe a little. But what do you take when you watch an episode like this again? What's the first thing that comes to mind? How are you? How do you feel about it? I, I thought it was, I mean, I, I thought it was great and it really held up and it was really well. I mean, Ken Biller, who was a friend of ours, who's who wrote and directed this episode, did a fantastic job. You're great in it, Michael. Um, it, I remember this being always being one of my favorite episodes of It's This and Memoria, which Miles directed, um, is are always my my two favorite episodes of this season. So, and just watching it again, it, you know, cause by the way, I don't think I've seen it since it aired. 
And then, you know, you, you, you go back and you watch it and that like miles, I was, I'd forgotten most of it. I mean, I couldn't believe it. What was going on? I mean, I I think it's a little bit of like, Lex seems fine. And then suddenly he's paranoid. There's a little bit of like, did I miss something moment? Like, Oh, it wasn't your typical. I mean, you know, it wasn't obviously a freak of the week. It was just main storyline. Lex, you know, Tom said something about how Lex wasn't interested in in clark and what he you know what he's done and who he is it was all about lex's like lex's journey is he crazy is he not is his father guilty uh there was this like you know and i and i had forgotten you know i go is lionel lionel behind this is he and yeah what what i take from it is like i was pretty amazed by especially the last scene with the the johnny cash song how classic right that was also difficult to get that was like we were so happy we got that song yeah, that was like a huge, huge get. Was that expensive? I'm sure. It, yeah, it it was. But the issue was, but he and by the way, he had just died like two months before, two or three months before, and before that, it had been very hard to get his estate or him to license to film or TV. So we we were like, this is a huge swing, and and we we uh, Madonna Wayne Reed, who is our music supervisor, oh, made that happen, which was fantastic. But what I noticed was Lionel. He's done this. You know he's guilty of doing this to Lex, but then the tears in his eyes and that you're like, what? This guy's crazy as F. He's crazier than Lex. I mean, this is <laughs> yeah. just ridiculous how he could be emotional, but at the same time, so evil. How yeah. do you write the, something like that? How do you hair. Is, 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 <laughs> I believe the hair was just like it's so long. It's just like insane. It's so um, long. It was peak. Peak Glover hair in season three. Right. Yeah, he was he was peak, and then he you know then he does that amazing he shaved he shaved it at the end of the season. No, I don't think a lot of fans realize this, but it's sort of I don't know what you call it, but the fact that Lex is bald and he's got this full mane of hair and like yeah. just it's almost like subconsciously or inadvertently or maybe not inadvertently, but he's rubbing it in. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. That that's. That was the idea. But I think what's interesting about Lionel is, you know, because every villain's the hero of their own story. I think he I think in his mind, he legitimately loves you and he's doing this to help you and protect you, even though he clearly orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah. You know, right. um, I mean, I, I guess what, Mike, what what happened with I didn't understand with Darius. He got shot and didn't get shot. What was that about? He, he's like he fake got shot. He, he basically that was all that was all the, the whole opening was kind of a was staged to to make up. Lex crazy. Yeah. And that's the shot of glass. It was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. It really a, was. Lot of, a lot of like good boo moments, a lot of good look good reveals of people. <laughs> what right? I was laughing at was was I was like, wow, I didn't realize Clark and Darius were so tight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good point. You're like, don't Darius, I said I was like, have we Darius <laughs> <laughs> No. And then, like, what about but, uh, Patrick Bogan? I mean, that was, he was great. He yeah. was that, great. That's one of my questions, is could you not get, um, what's his name? I, I didn't go blank. We couldn't Rutger. get, yeah, we couldn't get Rutger back. And I rem- and to be honest, you know, and look, I Rutger is such a presence and such a nice, so iconic. But I'll be honest with you, after seeing Patrick Bergen, I was, I was like, God, I wish we'd had him as Morgan Edge in the first episodes. Like, yes, he was, he was great. But what he did was he was friends with Rutger. 
And he went back and actually studied the episodes Rutger was in to kind of match some of his mannerisms. And he did it. He did it. The word manner. Yeah. So um, I thought, you know, because that was it was one of those things where it was like, we need Morgan Edge back. Rutger wasn't available. We're like, oh, God, are we going to do the crazy plastic surgery thing? And weirdly, (laughs) I think because you're doing, you know, the Lex, uh, you know, going crazy episode is that it all kind of plays into where even Morgan Edge doesn't look like Morgan Edge. So, yeah, um, you buy right into it. Yeah. Yeah. Without the Lex storyline and it was just a guy who did the if the episode revolved around a guy getting plastic surgery, it would have been weak. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The whole like ending is such a huge pivotal moment for the series. Lex finally sees everything and then is put yeah. away. I mean, such a great beat. Did you have pro- um, a problem from the studio for such an intense episode? Because they like, I know that the studio loved to see, they got, you got to have Clark, you got to have Lana, you got to have, you know, all this stuff going on. And yet this was a departure from all that. And it was uh, such an intense episode. Was there some, uh, did they give you a little bit of shit because they were like, uh, this is too dark. It's too intense. It's like, or, do we want to go down? The, or was it, it was easily no. approved. No, I think, I think what it was is people were so invested in Lex and the Lex Clark, Lex Clark relationship is obviously the, the focal point of the, the series. So I think any episodes that revolved around that and moved the mythology forward and were more Lex centric, because as you know, we didn't have that many that were Lex centric that way. Well, right. where also, you're, where, where well, like you center. wanted to like get on with the story. You did you, you, yeah. you'd been sort of like teasing for three seasons, this like how stupid <laughs> is Lex not to realize this thing. So you had to actually find a way to do it. That made sense. And that Lex <laughs> would not be believed, even though he, he witnesses this incredible event with the car at the end. Right. So you want, yeah. Do you have to be yeah. plausible? Do you think this is, would you say out of the 10 seasons or the seven seasons that you were involved in, do you think season three is, is, is the top or one of the top two seasons? You know, you know what? At the time, I did not think so, to be perfectly honest. But, but I, I watched a couple this season, um, and it's, it's definitely good. I'd have to go. I mean, I remember for us, it was kind of like, I mean, season five was, was great. That, that's kind yeah. of the season. I think because season five was so great, we got to 10 seasons, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And I always like season two because I feel like that's where the show really found its footing. I think season one has some amazing episodes and as great and as a is a great season, but it's a first season. So I think yeah, we kind of we're, alarm- all, we're all over the place. We were just looking at the budget and in terms of the scripts <laughs> and just a whole thing was we were in absolute chaos the whole time. I yeah, think a, a lot of season one also, like looking back in the podcast, l- season one was very, it, it, I don't want to, every, every episode, it was like an episode and an episode. We hadn't gotten into the, what could possibly happen in the future things so much. And that's yeah, was, no one's fault. I mean, that's just how season one goes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a deliberate, I mean, there's no, ser- it was really like, that was a network thing. Like the lack of serialization was like a really, and it, it's no longer true in TV, but then it was like just standalone episodes was what you wanted for syndication. So it was always like, if you had a strand of mythology or ongoing relationships, it became problematic in terms of people watching them later on. So that was always the, and it's inevitable when you get further on in the show, you're going to get more serialized. Yeah. yeah. You know, in the, uh, in the episode, the next episode, which yet you haven't seen, but asylum, you know, you get into this, it's really sad from from shattered into asylum where, you know, Lana is, you know, is, is like, I have to stay away from you. 
And then in Asylum, there's a moment in the uh, the Talon, I think it's the Talon, um, where she sees Clark and then she decides, she turns away and starts talking to other people. And she's like, you know, you see how hurt he is. You see that she she's hurt, she has to do this. And there's this sort of separation, which I think is really impactful. And was this sort of like, you? it, it seemed like you guys were really on a quest to sort of not have it so much the love triangle anymore. Get away from that. Let's storyline. Let's get really into these characters. Let's the show, at least at this point right now, seems a way more intense than it had ever been. Was that intentional? I'm sure. Always, yeah. right? It's always intentional to get into, again, as a show matures, you can do more stuff and you can be more yeah. adventurous. And you have the success of season two in terms of just like, solidifying season one in terms of like viewership and things like that. So it was actually, you could go from a place of confidence as writers and actually have freedom, which was really, which we were allowed to do, by the way. I mean, this, the network was fantastic to us in terms of yeah. allowing us to do virtually anything we wanted. Although it was weird, sometimes you're pointing the gun away from the guy's head sometimes. It was like, <laughs> they, you could never... You could never do that. They could never put, you could never point a gun at someone's head, which is bizarre. I, yeah. I, I talked about that in the, in the episode. I said, I don't, I remember as an actor going, it really took me out of it. And I tried to make it work because I wanted to point it right at his head and be like, fuck you. And, and, and I'm, I'm glad you noticed it, or maybe I'm not glad, but yes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. What was that? Because that on network is that just for CW? Yeah, it's the, no, no, no. It's a, that was a network thing. Like it was, it was. You can't point it. Standards and practices. They have this whole department in, at the studios or the networks called standards and practices, and they would go through every episode, every script, and say you can't say that word, you can't say that line, and they're things <laughs> like you can never point a gun at someone's head, and you could never smoke. That's ridiculous. People smoke on television. No, not on network. You never Wait, smoke. on ABC, and CBS, Fox, you can't nope. see them smoking a cigarette. They could have maybe in their hand. This is, we, this, we did one pilot where a guy was smoking a cigarette and they had a huge meltdown. And then he went with a machine gun and killed like 50 people. Killing 50 people with a machine gun. Absolutely fine, guys. <laughs> the guy smoking a cigarette, you got to cut around. Got to cut around it. Yeah. And this is, and there's a reason why people tend to watch mostly streamers now. And <laughs> it's all about the smoking. Well, no, that was yeah, just, and, that and was swearing. the rule on, that was the rule on network. It was no, you know, smoking and swearing. I mean, if you, you could see it on cable or you could see it on, on pay, but you, you couldn't see it on network. 
Right. right. <laughs> yeah. All nudity. That was also the thing, wasn't it? Like, how I, yeah. Get I even think that the stomping the horse on Lana was probably cut down because it was probably even more intense. I think it was pretty intense. I was pretty like, I was so surprised by that beat. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it was so intellects. Like, what is going on? Yeah. I, yeah. It, was, it was odd. But yeah. great. I mean, I thought it was fantastic. It was just like. Yeah. And I, so but ultimately, ultimately what we'll find in Shattered, it was Clark's fault that Lex did that. Right. How bad, by the way, was that stupid signage? Smallville Stables? I mean, that was. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I noticed that. In <laughs> fact, my assistant <laughs> Jess noticed that. She goes, what is that? Oh, that looks terrible. Horrible. I couldn't <laughs> believe that. Yeah. Some of those things you just look back and think, what was someone thinking? Like, really? That's as far as imagination we can go visually like geez, anyway. maybe 20 years ago it just wasn't that bad or do you recall being pissed off about it then I, i'm sure i was pissed off i, I know I, I was i'm sure i was ranting at the screen right yeah. ranting the canon I'm, I'm sure what the hell is going on is there something yeah. that when you guys you write and you're producing and you have your hand in everything you see an episode come out like this does it propel you to sort of say this works this works we need to do more of this in the future let's let's take note do you make mental notes of things that really work um you know me going crazy this relationship this is is that i'm sure it does does it but do you think it happens more when you watch an episode than seeing uh reading an episode well no i think it's the problem with network tv is it moves so fast it's difficult to describe how fast it moves so if you do 22 episodes what we did you don't have time to look back and think. You're already, you know, six episodes ahead of that one. And when you see it, you think, oh, maybe maybe we could have pivoted. And then, so, so that's the problem. You, you can look back at the season later and say, oh, that's a fantastic episode. And, and you're always aiming every episode to be great. But the average, law of averages, you know, that only like maybe five or six in ep- a season are going to be like that, going to be that good. So it's just, that's the always the downside. And streaming is the opposite. Where, Every episode has to be great. It's complete. There's and it's no, complete like, beforehand, yeah. If you want it, you know, to be good, you have to be, and then where this, which is even more pressure, actually, that every episode has to be incredible. With that said, just real quick, it brought up my, when you guys are doing a streamer, you know, because all the episodes get dropped at the at the same time, does that allow you in, in production to kind of see it all? Yes. And even change things? Yeah, go. That's yes. Cool. Uh, yes, it does. Yeah, we we, we can watch it. And then we can always go, you know, we try to do it. My, Miles and I, we do it. We call it the, the worst binge ever, where it's like we're watching all the cuts before they're completed and being like, oh, we missed that. We need this. We need oh, that. Wow. So we're trying to get everything to to help make everything better or make it clearer, especially, you know, when you're doing any kind of there, there's a couple of things where you're doing a big mythology show. You got to make sure it's like, did we miss a piece? Because if you if people don't see it, it's like it didn't happen. They're very mm-hmm. literal that way, which is which was interesting. And then on something like Wednesday, it was more about is the mystery working, and are you still guessing who the who the monster is until you we wanted to reveal it, right? And so, al- so and also with that, then because you're there and and all the actors are kind of there and the and the set is there, do you guys find yourselves like in episode four going? Hey guys, we need to just add something to episode one. Can we go shoot that? That's yeah. cool. So that's, that's that's cool. So it's much more organic, and because we're there, it's like doing a pilot for for nine months. So it's just oh. super intense, like in constantly we're constantly adding stuff, picking up shots. It's just a, a, a really organic and never settling until it's really like 
the lost day is complete right. mayhem. Wow. What, was the, what was the sweatshop doing in Smallville? Yeah, wasn't making like hoodies or like Lana's pink, pink like. But why jacket. was it there? How could it be there in Smallville, Kansas? I don't. I don't think that was in Smallville. I think that was like in the probably the metropolis suburbs. Oh, that's Ed what City? I said. That's what I said. Yeah, that was weird. I, well, it's so also, good though. It's a, it's so episode. good. It's so good that you kind of so, let it go. Uh, it's a by the way a very clean sweatshop. You know, well, there were some scraps on the floor. There were seems. I think it's a Canadian sweatshop. That's what it is. Right? Yes, very like. very neat in Canada. Yes. Well, let me last question for you guys. I'll let you go. I know you you got a lot going on. Although there's a strike, so how much could you really have going on? Um, uh, we have the opposite of that. Yeah, the opposite. You have nothing going on. So let me let you go. Uh, I want to know if you're glad. If you look back, are you glad that social media wasn't so present didn't exist back then? or exist? Or are you glad that you didn't have people chiming in? Would there have been more pressure? Because I know you have a propensity out for getting online and looking at stuff and looking what people think. And like, I, I don't. actually don't do any of that anymore. No, I'm the, I literally stopped. But back in the day, because it was the early, early, early era of, of, of social media. So it wasn't like Twitter. And, but it was, it was CryptonSite.com. Yes. Well, it was CryptonSite or it was Anus News. Yeah. So, and you know, what's funny is a lot of times you'd go, well, I said there was one on Ain't It Cool News, which is a site that they, they hated us. And I remember the first season, one guy would be like, third, third week I've watched it, third week. And you're just going like, you know, but, but then I remember Ken Horton going like, yeah, but he's still watching. So he goes, yeah. what's he going to stop watching season four? <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think actually it's something that that question should be something that you guys should answer because I think it's changed actors' lives completely. In some I was very, I'm, I'm very glad. glad we didn't have, I'm glad we, we didn't, didn't have, have cell it. phones on set. No one was distracted going I like know. this in between takes. Taking pictures constantly. I've, I've been on sets in the last couple of years where I've, I've, had to say to the first AD, even the director, can we do something about the phones? Like it's it's just ruining our focus. You know what I mean? Like, and then when I, I did this thing in Italy last year, and the first day, I we had to stop production. We go, okay, whoever wants a picture, now's your time. And I stood there, and every, all the people who wanted pictures came through and got their pictures. And then we really didn't have a camera problem on set anymore. In fact, nobody even paid attention to me anymore because they got their picture. We just had to get it out of the way because they were all sneaking around and trying to photograph things. So yeah, it's, I know, it's a um, distraction. Yeah, I know. Like on on uh, in, on Wednesday, Tim Tim banned them from the set. So, yeah. um, but then you had the weird thing of of you know what the PR and marketing folks want actors to do is have all this behind the scenes content, which yes. they can then drop no. once the show comes. It's a it's a weird message, and they will they want you know, it's insatiable in terms of how much they want. Like, how, where's the behind the scenes stuff for the actors to make sure they can get it? And then they're not going to get it because they won't have cameras on set, or phones on set. So it's like a really... I've been on two sets and separately, they've gone to actors and nominated them as that person who does that for the, like, the, the, the fun actor person who's into it. And I'm like, you know, you're doing a job that, like, people should get paid for. And they're like, no, but it's fun. I like it. And it's like, all right. You know, guys this has been awesome um is there anything else you want to mention that when you watch the episode you thought of and you, you just really enjoyed or something you took from it i mean i it was a really big i think i sort of forgot how, what a pivotal episode it was for the series as miles said where where lex really saw clark knew. what's funny at the 
fu- funny tragic at the end is Lex is being dragged away and he's the only one who's actually knows everything and is right and, and it's everybody else is working against him and the fact that even Clark bails on him to protect his own secret is is great you know what I mean like it, it, that's even for Clark that's a that's he, what he has to do but he literally leaves his friend there to be dragged off to uh you know to an insane asylum yeah so, does it bother um, you does it bother you now um this is more of an ego question for all of us but that you know you sometimes you'll see the top 100 sh- tv shows of all time and smallville's not even on the charts or do you feel like smallville doesn't get the credit it's due or do you feel like we we did get a lot of credit i just kind of feel like um we made the list of one of the longest running TV shows. Yeah, but do you think it gets the credit it deserves? Because I, I personally don't. I don't want to like sit here and sob story me, but I just feel like you know it was the first of all of these, and it doesn't get the credit. You know, it was the first time you saw something like this on television, where it was like a movie every week. It was like professional. I mean, film on film. Uh, you know, with the production value so high and the story, and it just they made it like a movie every week. And, uh, you know, look how many shows took from that uh, and went on to succeed and become so huge. And I'm just wondering if you feel like, you know, we didn't we didn't get enough uh, hype. Well, I think, look, it's a different time. And I think there's always a genre show. It was on the WB, which got no like award love whatsoever. But as as Tom said, it's like the fact that went 10 years is a mark of what it meant to people and what it is and the fact we go all sit watch the episode and it's actually very timeless i mean yeah it totally works emotionally i think if you watched the episode i'm not to denigrate another show but i'm sure if you watched the oc or one tree hill it would not hold up the same way that show does right i mean that's right. a really episode visually i was i was my takeaway from the show was like it's visually really uh still exquisite and beautiful some of those scenes with the kents and the farm and even the the backdrop of the other farms the distance i forgot about how how it looks like a it looks like it's painted it doesn't look even real so so i think all those things um have influenced the marvel universe no question um and that it, it is one of those pivotal shows that helped the era of superheroes happen so i think you know whether or not it's recognized as that, I don't know, but it, it it definitely was and is, and I think people can acknowledge that. And if they don't, then that's you know they're missing something. I think what Michael really Michael really wants is if you were to watch an episode of Arrow during the credits, the last thing you would see would be brought to you by Smallville or thanks <laughs> thanks to Smallville. No, I think you know. Ah, look, no. I think I I think the fact that you know is you know it. The longer we stick, you know, guess what? We win because it's 20 years later and people still watch the show oh, yeah. and you guys can go to conventions and still fill big halls. It's just like it. And Smile said it's a timeless show because there's something about Superman that always resonates. And, you know, I say it's, you know, what one generation's heresy is the next generation's gospel. And that that's really what this show <laughs> became. I mean, it's because it's been it was on the air for 10 years. It's so embedded in people's psyche. That, uh, you know, that's why I think, to be honest, they, they've had issues making another Superman stick, right? Because it just, it's just, this was every week for 10 years and we unpacked so much. Also, it, was, it was not to, not to be, it was good. You know, I, yeah. I look at some of these Superman movies I, and they're not good. I, I think we did a better job. I think we told the story yeah. better. I mean, it's not arrogance on our part. It's just like everything clicked on the show. 
You guys were amazing in the roles. There's not been a better Lex, not been a better Clark in my in my time. Anyway, I think I Henry Cavill's like I think he's a I don't know him, but he he doesn't I don't find him compelling as an actor. So I think there's something very relatable and human about both your portrayals of those iconic characters that wow. resonates still, right? And I think that's why the show lasted 10 years and why it, I would say, spawned imitators on that network. So, you know, and no one ever, no one quite, their imitations, they're not the original. Well, it all started with you guys. So thank you once yep. again. We love you both. I hope you'll come back more and more. And it's always just fun to hang out with you. I know the time is escaping us, but we have nothing to do. So we love you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And uh, all right. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. And now it's time for the Hotline, also known as Michael's Love Line, per Bryce. Talk hot. Bryce is on it today. Uh... Let's get into it. Hey guys, Vera here from Minnesota. I'm so glad we're in season three together. In the episode Shattered, we see Lex make a pretty big shift into this really unstable guy. And thinking in particular about the scene between you and John, where Lex confronts Lionel in his Luther Corps office with a gun. Where did you get your inspiration for playing this version of Lex? You know, I think there's a crazy inside of me and a crazy inside of everybody. And um, you keep it at bay and you don't uh, – very seldom have I ever lost lost it. And I remember certain things in my life of craziness that I don't need to talk about, but like that – Triggers. Triggers that I would think about – Um. I think one of my strengths is the ability to lose my cool. My dad had a very, he was quick to turn. Like when he got mad or he raised his voice, it was, it was terrifying. He was a big dude, but his voice, he would snap like that. And that's sort of like what I wanted Lex to be going through. Like those, those kind of snapping. Well, but at the same, but at the same time, that might've, inspired you but what i what you did with lex is there was a you you kept your intention going about what you were looking for like where's morgan edge so that when you end up seeing everybody when you're in the straight jacket and you see everyone else's faces the audience feels bad for you yeah. like you know what i mean you're not they're not just like shunning you out like oh this guy snapped throw him away yeah you know i, I it was a good slow burn cool thanks man uh this is natalie natalie's got a voice message natalie this is Natalie from Michigan, and I know when episodes are shot, they're not necessarily shot in the order that it appears in the episode. It's a little bit more jumbled up sometimes. I wondered if that was the case for this episode, and if, Michael, if you had any tricks to mark yourself on the script of, okay, I'm less crazy in this scene, but I'm more crazy in this one. Just curious. Thanks, guys. Well, what I'll, what I'll say real quick about that is when you watch an episode of Smallville, if you track locations... Their most scenes at a location are filmed that day. 
So when it when Lex is in the hospital, most likely all those scenes were shot that day that we're at that location. Yep. And you know, so they do become very much out of order. And yeah. as an actor, you have to track your emotionality so that you're like, okay, where did I come from? Where am I going? And a lot of times they want to shoot the end first. And that that that's difficult for an actor very because difficult. you don't you're kind of playing catch up most of the time. So anyway, that's a little thing. Yeah. Um, I definitely track this one. This is this is something that I was like, I can't be I can't lose it here. I got to wait for this moment, the, the scene with my father. I got to save it for that. I've got to be in and out of it, sort of like believable, inquisitive, sort of trying to finding out, finding out this mystery. And it was just, it was a lot of work. It was just like, you have to know the levels. It's like, if you're one tone the whole time, or if you're just, no, 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 no. Then people are like, oh my God, it just, it right. just won't work. Uh, hey, Mike, uh, Tom and Ryan, I uh, love the podcast. Uh, my name is Ben from San Francisco. Michael, your your performance in those episodes, uh, it's always great, but in those particular episodes, uh, it was, it's really good whenever you're, you know, showcasing your ability to, you know, act like really insane and, and unhinged. And I just wanted to ask you, is there a particular actor or, or a character in another movie or film that you draw that inspiration to play that kind of character from uh thank you guys yes you know it's funny you say that there are a couple of performances like gary oldman um there's moments in his performances in some movies that i i look at how he becomes sort of unhinged george c scott is a good example there's a movie called exorcist 3 which is one of my favorites and he's like this emotional guy and this his friend has died and he's a detective and they go the other detective's kind of like belittling him and he looks at him and he's just like it's in the files it's in the files and he's pushed to a point where he just goes this is not in the files where he just <laughs> fucking has had it and he loses his mind and i'm like that's awesome and i try to model moments where because anger and 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 just sure sheer um unadulterated um I don't know, angst or what it comes Rage. out of nowhere. A lot of times, sometimes it builds, but sometimes it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. You know what I mean? People lose their mind. No, one, no one's that. ever, no one's ever, no one's ever trying to lose their temper. Right. That's why they lose something it. <laughs> causes it. It triggers it. Oh, this guy, funny enough, his name's Julian. I'm going to start crying. Julian. Hello, this is Julian calling from Chicago. And I have a question about episode eight shattered and uh this is for michael sorry tom uh michael would you consider this episode and maybe next episode your biggest challenge as an actor you know having to be crazy and out of your mind not knowing who's against you who trusts you like would you consider this to be like your biggest challenge you've had as an actor in your career or have you been challenged further years later in your career i'm, I'm curious to know no thanks man that's a good question uh, i think this is one of the most challenging things i've done um a lot of times you're not given that stuff that depth that sort of all around no. the ups and downs the peaks and valleys the the subtleties the intensities all in one and you're not given that opportunity so a lot of times people don't get to see that um you don't get to You'd be challenged by that and so this was overall really awesome to do and it helped me find things later in the show that i know i could tap into um but you know i think this uh yeah i to answer your question i think i, I also want to do a quick shout out to like the crew that we had that um that that allows that allows an environment for an actor to sort of go there and feel safe in that environment. And that doesn't always, 
I can't imagine having to play that this kind of episode as a guest star. Not that that would oh ever make God. any sense anyway, but a bunch of front of people that you don't know, that would be extremely yeah. difficult. And you know, I will say um, the crew was very supportive. Like I remember some takes where I do something, I look over at JD, the camera operator, and he looked at me and he'd go. That's cool. You know, just like, or Chris on Steadicam would be like, he'd look at me and go, he goes, awesome, man, awesome. <laughs> or like little things like that. Or Steve would go, he'd tie my tie and go, keep doing what you're doing. You know, like things it, like that. The the opposite of that is I did a I did a movie and the and the camera operator, we, it was like the first day and something was happening. The director was already like losing his mind. And I turned like I would do on Smallville. I turned to the, the a camera operator. I'm like, hey man, what's your name again? And he goes, um, I, I can't talk to you. Oh my And God. I was like, really? He goes, we're not, we're sorry. And I was like, all right, I guess it's going to be like that. Like, it, I wasn't insulted, but I was—I realized I was alone. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh my god! Hey guys, uh, this is Rob from Dublin in Ireland. Uh, I'm an actor as well. Obviously, a change in character for um, Rooker Hauer. Um, did you guys enjoy working with Irish actor Patrick Bergen and his choices? I felt he kind of brought more of a grittier kind of feel to the the character. Also, Rosie, um, your performance in Urban Legend is still one of my favorite movies, man. Getting to work with Robert England, I'm sure that was a blast. And uh, also, check out uh, an Irish movie called Leap Year. I also got to work with uh, Amy Adams. It's a terrible movie. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Leap Year, terrible Fun. movie. Don't watch it. It's a piece of shite. Uh, yeah, we said that before. Uh, Patrick was awesome. We loved working with him. He was intense, but he was a sweet man. He just tapped into it. He actually wasn't intense. He he just tapped into it when no. the camera was rolling. And um, thanks for Urban Legend. That was a fun movie. It was my first big movie and uh, where I had an integral part in the, in the show, in the movie. And uh, it was fun. They cut out a lot of stuff that made really good sense for my character's arc, but um, it was still fun. It must have been funny like, to have that guy go in and out of his Irish accent on set. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like be someone intense and then, all right, we're having lunch, are we? I, I would hear his accent sometimes even when we're doing scenes. Hey, guys. Michael here from Bendigo, Australia. Were the cast encouraged to ad-lib in scenes? For example, in Michael's manic ramblings in this episode, was your dialogue and mannerism scripted and acted verbatim? Thank you. Michael, um, usually it was scripted for a show like this. But I did get to improvise a little, especially when I'm losing my mind. I'm getting mad. It's things that make me like, shut up, shut up. No, you're. there's little things that I would do that just felt natural that they would add. Um, um, you, made a, you made a choice in this episode that really surprised me. When you were with Lionel and you walked past him, you have the gun and you rubbed your head. I felt myself go, no, 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 don't touch the makeup. <laughs> and I'm surprised you did that. Like you must have just been in it because yeah. there's no way you would have ever touched your head in, on purpose. Like you must have just been out of it. <laughs> yeah, that was a choice. That was a really interesting choice. Yeah. Hi, this is Dante calling from uh, Bakersfield, California. So I really felt like uh, both Tom Welling and um, John Glover, as well as Michael Rosenbaum, I felt you guys all did a, a very well in this episode, very powerful performance. My question is, uh, when it comes to motivation, is it a movie or a, rather an episode, a script, or the actor that really pushes you to, uh, uh, to further your skill? Thank you. I think it's a combination. I think for me, it's like... With the other actors giving you and if they're not giving it to you you have to imagine them giving that to you but you also play off someone so you have to it has to feel right and balanced 
Um, but like I said, performances of the great uh, George C. Scott, um, Gary Oldman, uh, certain moments in movies that I go, that worked. I take note, mental notes of what works and um, also how people really lose their cool. And, and you know, um, I had friends who were just some crazy friends growing up and they would, I'm like, how, oh my God, they're just going crazy right now. I could tell you stories that make your head spin, but I don't know. Tom? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I've, there's been there, there an episode I talk about a lot of transference that's down the road. Um, I referenced a movie cause it was literally face off with Nicholas Cage and, um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, John Travolta. And, and one of the things that I was able to pick up from watching that movie is the movie establishes very quickly, very big mannerisms of both characters. And I remember being like, I need to find something that I need to find one or two things that Lionel does. And early in the episode, when we switch, I need to establish those right there so that the audience goes, oh, I get it. And so that was very helpful in that regard. Do you know what they did in one, one of the scenes? I think it was this episode. There was a scene where I, I go, I do something where I, if you're looking at me, I go like this. I go, I'm looking. And then I go, and then I say the line. They kept it. It was me trying to get the moment and, and think of the line. And they right. kept me like, like I thinking. know it looked like you were thinking that I was getting ready. I was look, I was thinking of the camera and the timing, so we had space in between takes to do it. So I went like this, like pause, and then I went, and I was kind of embarrassed by it, but I, I think people thought it was a choice. But for me, it looked like I was just preparing for my line. Like I thought they were going to cut yeah. the stuff before it, and they didn't. And I was like, oh my god. Anybody else see that? Well, and then the flip the flip side of that, I think I may have told the story before. I did a scene in the Kent Bar Kent Farm kitchen uh with John Glover, and he came in and he he was saying something to Clark and he paused. And I ignorantly, because I knew his line, whispered his line to him. And he stayed in character and he goes, I know, I'm acting. And I was like the most embarrassing moment of my life. And I apologized. He was like, Don't worry, he didn't really care. But I was just like, what an idiot. Why are you telling John Glover his life? You know what I would have like, said? Who do you think you, you are? Was, I'm acting. I go, yeah, well, that was too long of a pause. It was bad. No, I would have fucked with him. Here we go. Hi, guys. DeAndre from Dallas, Texas. Michael, I think this is one of your best episodes um, because just the way you acted. And how was it um, to act crazy, if that's the best word to use? Like, how did that feel? Were you able to bounce in and out in between in between takes? Or was it like throughout this entire episode, uh, each day, did you have to remain that way? Um, I'd love to hear what you think or, or what do you have to say? So thank you guys. Little podcast. Thanks, man. Good question. I, I think that, you know, uh, Tom has said this before, but I have always been somebody who action, <laughs> finding it, finding it cut. All right, I'm fine. Unless I want to do another take right away, then I'll stay in it. And I'll go, let's go right away, guys. Let's go right away. Let's go. Let's go. I'm in it. I'm in it. But otherwise, cut. All right, cool. I want to get a cookie. <laughs> you know, I don't think I don't think like that. I don't stay in that character because that's nowhere to be. I I would not do well if I stayed in that character. I would not have done well. Uh, this is Gary. Hey, Gary. Hey, Dangerfield. Hey, this is Gary from Joliet, Illinois. My question is about the episode Shattered. That's the episode whenever I get somebody to watch the show that's never watched the show before, they say right after that episode, the series just takes off and there's no looking back. 
So my question is, how was Michael not nominated for an Emmy for that performance? Without a doubt, it is the best performance of an entire 10-year run. That's all I got. Keep doing what you guys are doing. Thank you. Gary, I love you. And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Because you know I why a, I always say I this? It was CW. And they weren't going to give the CW a nod. You know, I, I, I always had a theory, and, and I had to sort of just sort of accept this. That because we're on the CW and the way the, the show is edited, that you never really get to see somebody pull off a performance that's not edited. In a film, it's different. You get to really sit with characters and really kind of let them breathe in the, in the environment. But in television, it cuts so quickly that it's like, I mean, listen, the performance was great, but I think that from an award standpoint, they just don't. I don't know. Well, you know, but other TV shows, it's the same thing. It's not a movie. It's like, but and they get nominated. But I, I you know, I, but not on I, look, the CW, I just thought, like he's I just thought, I, I just remember them talking about it and trying to, you know, get me nominated. I was like, really? Oh my god, that'd be cool. Um, great. Um, and it, you know, it's what it was. But I was just, I, I mean, was just, I was proud of my. All you could be at the end of the day is proud of your performance. That's all you could do. Yeah. International folks, Marco, Tom, what was it like working alongside Michael? While he was acting crazy in scene, was he different on set? I don't. It's not like I remember you being different. I I know that there was a there was a, a heightened level of focus even in between. And you know, I if you watch Clark, what I tried to do is just sort of not get caught up in it and be a, try to be objective. But I really care about this guy. Um, there was probably less goofing around. Be, um, yeah. But um, I you don't remember like I just remember being unlike lex to be this way and i tried to run with that yeah you're always very supportive always 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 rosenbaum rating ryan what do you give it and now two. tom rosenbaum rating two two i was gonna i was gonna say bomb just to get your reaction <laughs> no, no, I would. two roses across the board death and save count death one dead lex count. kills morgan edge one save clark saves lex through saves lex through eight episodes in season three nine dead 14 saved series 68 date 68 dead 84 saved ryan's favorite scene you got one ryan's i do all right so this was this was tough because I, mean, I know the these three these are three incredible scenes um scene one lex versus lionel your nick cage scene mm-hmm. scene two the car smush and scene three the johnny cash montage jesus man those are hard yeah that's that's hard because These, this was difficult, but because the I cool do. factor is the last scene, the the hurt song, um, the acting you one like is with Lionel, stuff. and this car smash is like that one moment that's holy shit. Um, so you're one and Ryan kind of likes those. Yeah. yeah. So what would Ryan choose? It's a crapshoot. What do you say, Tom? Two. You say it is the car scene. The car scene. No, because the way Lex looks back and all that we talked about, you know. I'm going to say that too. That's, yeah. That ah, yes. Ah. Yeah. It was, it was all of it. I mean, it was that whole sequence and like the acting and then there was a cool effect. Were you in it? I was in it. And then, yeah, I saw your reaction no. at the end. I was like, holy shit. And now what? He saw it happen. Yeah. And now everyone, but everyone thinks he's crazy. Right. The irony. The irony. All right, well, look, that is it for this episode. I think we could talk about this episode for a long time. It was uh, it was, it was, was fun. Um, stick around next week as things get a little kooky, and we talk about Season 3, Episode 9, Asylum. Now, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in Asylum, a lot of special guests. It's fun. 
Um, it's intense. And we'll have a guest and we have guests for the podcast. Yes. Let's take the discussion online. Let us know your thoughts on the episode over on our socials at Talkville Podcast or at Talkville Pod. Show us your support by joining Patreon. If you really love this episode, join Patreon and support the podcast. We need your love. Patreon.com slash Talkville. A lot of perks, a lot of fun. You can get Zooms with us on TalkvillePodcast.com and a ton of cool, fun merch from the show. And if you want more info, like merch from the show, hotline number, all that stuff, you can find it in the description. You can go on my link tree on Instagram. You can find it on Talkville handles. Write a review. Spread the word. We love you. And uh, remember, folks, always hold on to Smallville. So, all right. We can't forget our shout outs, of course, to our top tier patrons who make this show possible. Patreon.com slash Talkville. If you want your name shouted out and get other perks and uh, help us out to be the best show we can be and continue moving on. Here are the shout outs, our lovable patrons, patreon.com slash talkville. Tom, take us away. I think we need like a backbeat to this. Boom. Mickey G, Leon P, Raj C, Santiago M. Boom. Okay, never mind. Leon, Kristen, Lita, Lisa, Thomas, the leaf blower who calls in a lot. Thank you. Sophie M, Betsy D also as well. IBP, Ray H, Karen Apple M, Danielle B, 99 more. What? Leilani N. Brett G, always hold on to Smallville, Esteban G, DJ Kento, Garrett W, Kimberly L. And now it's time for Tom N, Jason W, Osama A, Lana rhymes with banana, W, Nancy D, Brian G, Sarah W, Amanda R, Teddy 1, 2, 7, Michael P, Theo M, Ryan R, Jordan M, Hillary B, Randy B, Craig G, Christy R, Karen P, Derek G, Jarrell, Heather and Greg, Nico P, I made... Talk, they'll say butts. Hey, you know, I got to go back for a second. You know, when I go Lana Roms with Banana. It's Lana. The reason I do that is because on Smallville, just so you know, Lana, is that people would ask, is it Lana or Lana? And Lana is more Canadian. And so when I see it, I just immediately say Lana, and then it's rhymes with Banana, which is also kind of funny. But that's why I do that. But it's Lana. But it's Lana. (laughs) Uh, Eric K., Clark's mom, Kristen V., Craig C., Ashley, Ryan, Nanine W, Stephanie K, Darth Achilles, Finky, Tamara H, Stephen F. Damn, who's that? Jeanette E, Deadvid, General Zod, Big D, Big D, General Zod, Doug R, <laughs> Carlos C, Tommy Z, Boston 68, Ken G, Corey L, Mr. Home Arcade, Amanda K, Jesse C, Claire M, D Brown, Kira Nira M. I actually said it right. You said it right. Eldon Supremo, Leslie V, McBerts, Ginger Moose, Christoph S, Michelle M, Drew, Brittany S, Marisol P, Veronica Q, Sebastian F, Sourpuss Cranky Pants, Matthew and Lincoln B, David G, Carol B, The Coopers, Marion Louise L, CGO, Cindy C, Nikki L, Shannon Fofan and M, Brian S, Tina E, Matt R, Anthony R, Jen T, Jess D, Cassie B, Felicia R, Felicia, 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 Felicia R, Felicia R, Danny M, DS, the RN, JS, and Robert G. Thank you, guys. We love you. Couldn't do it without you. I always love shouting your names out. If you find anything that you want a, a cool way of saying your name, maybe we could do, we'll figure something out. But uh, there we go. We love you. 